The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash Bill Risser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash Bill Risser. My thing with whether it's social media, Snapchat, or any of the platforms, or even networking, you know, I'm first looking to see how can I help? You know, what is it that you're looking for? How can I help? Is there somebody that I can connect you with? And then we build on the relationship from there. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 80 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Recording this podcast actually from St. Petersburg, Florida. As I speak, I'm standing up and looking out over the city from our uh, eighth, eighth floor unit, and uh, we couldn't be happier to be here. And because I'm now in Florida, I want to talk to more people from Florida. And so I reached out to the one of the first people I connected with on social that's in Florida. I think it was via Periscope where Eric Larkin and I first met. Eric's with Remax Solutions over in Cocoa Beach. He's on the east coast of Florida. I'm over here on the west coast and. I can't wait to find out more about him. Eric, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Bill. I really appreciate you having me on here, and um, I love your podcast, and really looking forward to this. I'm a transplant now. I'm a transplanted Floridian, and a lot of people are, and so I want to find out from you. Are I know you've been in Cocoa Beach a long time because I know you went to high school there. That's on your profile, but are you a native, a native Floridian? I Well, I've been here long enough where some people will continue consider me a native like you'll be a native in another two years uh, but my family's really from the Bronx New York that's where I was born oh so how old were you when you got down here um in high school I mean we lived in Bronx just as I was a child and we moved around a few places from from there to outside of Chicago in a little town called Carpentersville we lived in Utica Michigan which was outside of Detroit um Galleon Ohio Kingsport Tennessee and finally Cocoa Beach so of all those cities, especially for a high school kid, which one was your favorite? Well, I'd have to say Cocoa Beach because, you know, we moved here my freshman year. So um, we moved from Tennessee, the hills of Tennessee, to Cocoa Beach, Florida. And we have the sunshine, we have the surf, and everything that's great about living here. Tell me about Cocoa Beach. I, you know, I, I know it's on the, the um, Atlantic coast, and so you do get waves, unlike here on the Gulf Coast where there are no waves to speak of. But what else? Tell me more about that area. Let's see. We're located, we're an hour east of Orlando, and we are about an hour south of Daytona. And if you've ever seen a rocket launch, like the old space shuttle program, and now we have um, SpaceX's rock, launching rockets here along with Delta, Delta rockets and Atlas rockets by ULA. Um, that's a big thing about of our about our economy that's here. If you've been on a Disney cruise line, more than likely you came out of Cape Canaveral, Florida. Um, besides that, we have well in Brevard County itself. You know, Cocoa Beach is just a little town on the East Coast, and we've got a lot of other things that are happening here in the county as well. Give me give me some common misconceptions about uh, the East Coast of Florida. <laughs> For Cocoa Beach in general, a misconception or something that gets mispronounced often is people refer to us as Cocoa. 
and we are certain, you know, Cocoa is a city that's on the mainland, and you have to cross two rivers and go through Merritt Island before you get to Cocoa Beach. So that's one misconception that we hear often about how people love Cocoa, but they mean Cocoa Beach. Right. And if you're a native here, you correct people all the time. Um, but people think of the Florida and they think swampland or they think lots of bugs and mosquitoes, and it's really not like that at all. Now, as somebody who just moved here, I love hearing you say that. <laughs> <laughs> because all I'm hearing is humidity and mosquitoes are going to be uh, tearing me up in a few months. Not true? Well, the humidity, the humidity you can't escape. It's going to happen. Um, and the mosquitoes I find more on some of the rural areas on the mainland as opposed to maybe near the water like where we're at. It really depends. If there's mosquitoes one day, a good wind will come and change them and blow them out into a different area so you won't have to worry about them. Yeah, so coastal breezes are good. I don't remember that. Good. Yes, they are. Yeah. I have to talk about this quickly. We'll get this out of the way because I think it's going to be painful. You're very vocal on social media about this. I have no idea where you get this. After you described your travels as a kid, how you became this rabid Dallas Cowboys fan. So first of all, <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? My dad is certainly disappointed because he grew up being a Giants fan, and he always asks, where did I go wrong? Right. Um, but, you know, growing up as a kid in the 70s, you had Roger Staubach. They went to the Super Bowl a couple times against Pittsburgh and didn't quite do so well against Pittsburgh then. Right. Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. I mean, all those things with the young young kid growing up. Sure. That's just naturally how I went. So you did have some fun times. You had Jimmy Johnson come in and, and uh, you had the run with Aikman. So you had to be enjoying that. You're a young man at that time and that had to be fun. And now talk about i mean what is the future of the cowboys right now with dak and zeke you just got to be on cloud nine as a as a cowboys fan I, I am i am blown away with what dak and zeke has done to the offense we've always had a good offensive line and i thought tony was going to do well against them this with them this year if he stayed healthy um, but with him getting injured and i saw in the in preseason how confident and stable dak seemed i'm like all right this kid could be pretty good and then watching them play, uh, I am so excited for next year. A little disappointed with this year. They didn't make it all the way to the Super Bowl, but happy with how well the team looks and really looking forward to next season. Look, offensive linemen play a long time in this league, and you've got uh, a running back and a quarterback who are going to take this team places. So your, your day will come. It'll be, it'll be fun. So you're, you're going to high school in Cocoa Beach, and I very rarely do I talk to someone on the podcast who says that um, – they knew from day one, I can't wait to get out of school because I'm going to be a realtor. I'm guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing that wasn't you, right? No, that certainly wasn't me. Yes. Not at all. Um, actually, not even close because it's funny. My, my parents never really owned real estate. We've always lived in rental properties growing up. Um, but in high school, I always wanted to get into the military. Okay. So I had friends that went the Marine Corps route. Um, I was actually going to try and get into the Army and go that route but I developed psoriasis and that kept me from getting into the military. Well, in high school, I, I worked at a local grocery store. You're familiar now with public supermarkets? I'm staring at one right now out my window. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started bagging groceries with them like in high school, my junior or senior year, and I just stayed working with them. I, I worked retail with Publix for about 18 years total prior to getting into real estate. Okay, so there, you're, that's definitely can be a career. I mean, there, you know, there's, there's management opportunities or you're working in different departments. Um, but somewhere along the line in, in the early 2000s, you kind of said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this real estate thing. What was that trigger? What, what happened? That, and what's that story that got you into the business? I got to blame my in-laws. 
actually. Um, <laughs> we, I quit Publix in 2000, and we moved for a short period of time up to Manhattan. Uh, my uncle was a worked for AMP, and he always said if I ever wanted a job, he would have one for me. So I took him up on that. We we worked for we lived for a little bit in Manhattan, um, but I just never saw my wife. So we moved back to Florida, and when we moved back to Florida, her grandmother owned an apartment complex in Cocoa Beach, and she had a place for us. She said, you can move in, but I need some help running the property. So I learned some handyman skills and maintenance and what it took to prepare a rental and go and find a rental property or find a tenant for the rental properties and figured there are some things that she's having us do. I just wanted to make sure we were on the right side of the law. So I took a night class at the local community college that ended up being pre-licensing for real estate. Um, I saw some of the people that were in there that were transferring in from like Georgia or out of state or wanted to make this their new career. And I, I saw what the competition would be. And I thought, well, I'm pretty sure I can do this. You get licensed initially because of a property management side of things. But somewhere in there, you kind of decide, oh, I'm going to we're going to go make this my full time job. Right. It kind of coincided with staying as property management. I was working back at Publix full time and taking care of the apartment complex. And as soon as I passed the licensing and got my actual floor license, I gave Publix my two weeks notice, stayed working at the apartment complex for a little while, and then went all in with residential real estate. What year is this? This is what, 2003 or so? It was 2003. Actually, St. Patrick's Day, 2003, I passed my licensing exam. Oh, that's great. So talk talk to me about those early challenges uh, that that every realtor faces. What were some of the things that were tough for you in the early going? Uh, the tough thing for me was figuring out how to get business. You know, I uh, I was in a small boutique shop here in Cocoa Beach, and we had some floor time, we had some sign calls coming in, but it was how do I go out there and find my business and make my niche so I can get um, sales on a regular basis, and that was a tough thing. Um, well, for, it was tough figuring it out, but it was just as the real estate market was really taking off here too. So the first year was kind of scratching my head, figuring out what I needed to do. The, and then the second year, like halfway through it is when the market really started changing here. So it was easy after that. Yeah. Just like in Arizona, we had that run up. I, I was, you know, in the branch at that time at Chicago title, but having that run up through the 2004, five, six was insane. And I'm sure it was the same here, but what came after that wasn't so much fun. How did you adapt to that? Well, I, you know, fortunately, I've always been lucky in regards to the referral aspect of it. I kept in contact with a lot of the people I worked with at Publix, but it was getting tough because inventory was stagnant. We went from having absolutely no inventory to like a 28-month supply. Mm -hmm. And at about this time, I had discovered or learned about B&I, and I got into a networking group that introduced me to a foreclosure attorney and he actually helped me get through some of the scarier times here in Florida by he, he would hire a customer in regards to foreclosure defense and then he would introduce me to them saying Eric will help you with the short sale so I kind of learned short sales through the introduction to this foreclosure attorney and that's what really got me through some of the dark times here in Florida right you had to know how to do that stuff uh, just like everyone short sales were just second nature by the time we were through it. I, I wonder now, thinking back, how many people today are super comfortable and can jump right into a short sale or have they already forgot you know, what, what they were doing? Well, I'm still doing them actually, not near as, as many as we had you know, four or five years ago, but I've got one 
um, we've been working on for over a year. We finally got the approval, and good Lord willing, it's going to be closing tomorrow. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. I first met you on Periscope. Does that ring right with you? Because we've known each other for a couple of years now, I think. But I think it was on Periscope is where I first followed you. And you were doing some great stuff, really showing off Cocoa Beach and and your dogs and sunsets and the walk. And here I am on the other side of the country, and I'm getting to know this realtor over in, on, on the east coast of Florida. Um, talk about First of all, were you kind of an early adopter of social media when it first started coming out? Were you right there kind of playing with it and experimenting? Is that kind of who you are? When social media for, you know, started getting big around here, I think it was like 07, 08 is when a lot of um, people in real estate were getting on the Facebook and social media aspect of it. I didn't really care too much about it. I don't think I opened up a Facebook account until about 2010, to be honest. And that, and the whole reason why I got onto Facebook was just to keep up with my nieces and nephews to see what was going on up in North Carolina in their life. Um, but I did see, I learned the advantage of it and started dabbling a little bit more, but it wasn't until Periscope in 2015 that I realized that social media is important. It's something I need to get involved with and kind of went more all in than what I had in the past. Tell me how you found out about Periscope. There's got to be a story there. Uh, well, um, when you know Periscope and Meerkat first came out at the same time, and I'm an Android person, so Periscope wasn't available. So I was dabbling with Meerkat and really couldn't figure it out. And um, I'm a big Tom Ferry fan, and he came through one of his tours here in Orlando, and we were he and I were talking in between the break. I'm like, what can I do to get started on video? And he said, Periscope, I need to do Periscope. And after the break, actually went up on stage and said, Eric, are you listening? This is how easy it is to do Periscope. Opened up his phone and did the broadcast. And he's familiar with Cocoa Beach. So he's like, go around and, and go to um, Yin Yen's and talk about the Chinese restaurant. Talk about coconuts across the street and just start naming landmarks and describing how great they are, what you like and what you don't like, and kind of expand from there. Kind of like what um, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about, becoming your social media mayor of your city is what Tom was telling me to do up on stage. So um, it finally came available on Android like that. I think it was that week. So I, I uploaded it. I started playing around with it. And I just started experimenting with the map to see who else was using it, asking people on Facebook, you know, who should I follow that's actually doing this right for real estate? And that's how I met Sonia Figueroa. I connected with her through Periscope and started following her and learned a lot from her. And then that's where my connections with you and a lot of other realtors across the country just happened. I mean, Sonia was like my, was the connector to me to a lot of other folks across the country. Right. Tell me, because I, I get this question a lot when you start talking to people about the power of video. And I'm, if I was to ask you, can you share a, a success story? Something that resulted from the way you like to use live video. Do you have something you could share with us? I've got some great stories. And um, part of it goes back to the connections. Like if you're a real estate agent, you need to try and find other realtors that are involved with the, the Snapchat and the live video. Because um, Sonia and my interaction with her actually connected me with Sue Benson over in Naples. And Sue Benson is the pink lady of real estate. And she is all over YouTube. and um, Periscope and now Facebook Live, but she had friends in Satellite Beach. She's like, my best friend's brother needs to sell this house. So her and I connected. 
met the brother, listed the house pretty quickly, and I started doing open house tours through Periscope as well. This house just listed or this house just sold. And people looking at the discovery feature of Periscope, which is the worldwide map. You know, you open up the map, you see somebody broadcasting, you can kind of tap on it and see what's going on. I met other condo owners that owned in Cape Canaveral. They liked what I was doing. They connected to me through Twitter and ended up listing their properties for sale. So the connection with Sue was great. And then also connecting with some um, people that wanted to sell their condominiums in Cape Canaveral was also a winning scenario for me. So, so live video certainly works. Yeah, and I've seen some of your open house videos, but it's you, you really um, have this great blend of stuff that you do when you're live. It, it, some of it's going to be a walk on the beach with the dogs, like I mentioned before, with a great sunrise, or uh, or it's going to be um, something happening in a community. Um, so I, I think that the one that really resonated with me was just this, I think it was just this past summer. I'm not sure the name of the hurricane. You probably remember the name. What was, which hurricane was it? It was Matthew. Ah. Matthew was a beast. Yeah, so Hurricane Matthew's headed pretty much in a direct line for where you are. And you really kind of took us through uh, via live video, kind of this is where we're at. This is what we're doing. I think if I remember right, you were even at the store getting supplies. And then it was what we had to do to the property, to our house. And, and then here we are on our way inland towards Orlando, I think, is where you ended up. Talk about how that worked and, and what, kind of, um, what kind of response that got. As soon as I knew the storm was coming through, of, of course, I'm doing the live broadcast because the whole thing I like doing on social media is not necessarily about real estate, but my community and what's happening here at Cocoa Beach and the, and the surrounding area, that beach lifestyle. And part of the beach lifestyle is having to deal with the hurricane if it decides to head our way. So um, I showed what our stores look like, which was just crazy, as you were saying, um, and what it's like kind of riding the storm out, the uncertainty of where it's going to hit and what kind of damage it's going to be. My family, of course, appreciated that, that lived out of the area. And Cocoa Beach being a small town, a lot of people who grew up here moved out of the area, but their parents were still here. So I'd get messages quite often of, hey, how are things going in Cocoa Beach? Do they still have power there? Um, of course, when we evacuated, we couldn't come back. So I used a lot of the Facebook Live and messaging to people I knew who stayed in Cocoa Beach to check on my property and here's an address of my friend's mom. Could you drive by her property to make sure it was okay? So it was more of a kind of like what ham radio was back in the seventies to connect for disasters is what we use the live social media for to get through hurricane Matthew. Were, were most of those people able to maintain cell coverage and things even after the storm went through? We dodged a bullet here in Cocoa beach where cell phone coverage was not an issue. I mean, we, for the most part, um, most of the county kept their power. Like there were some areas um, of Cocoa Beach that didn't have power. Our house never lost power, even though we weren't here. Neighbors who rode the storm out had told me that, but I didn't have any issues or heard of any issues with cell phone coverage for this particular storm. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about for a moment about Snapchat. You're uh, you play a lot there, and I think you and I, you know, we're we're not. Um, part of the core group of the snap pack, but we're on the periphery, I guess. Is that a way to say it? <laughs> we were, I think that's fair. Yeah. They're at the beginning in the formation, but obviously a few of them like Jason and Dustin and Chelsea and help me here with a couple more names, Bucky and um, Shannon. Shannon. Um, yeah. Dustin out there. Shannon's big. Bucky's big. Dustin does an incredible job and Chelsea just knocks it out of the park. She's fantastic with her. Chelsea chap. I can't even say what she says so quickly. I mean, she's just, <laughs> she knocks it out of the park. 
on Facebook, you can find this group. It's just Snapback, Snappack Live, right, on Facebook, right? Yes, it is Snappack Live. And um, if you're somehow tied to the real estate industry, I think is what Dustin's looking for. He's the um, organizer of the group. But it, if you snap regularly and you want to learn from some great people with, that are very innovative with, the, with this particular app, I'd say go check them out. Tell me about your personal use. Um, your personal use of Snapchat. Do you do you have a a group of people that are local to Cocoa Beach or interested in Cocoa Beach that you uh, regularly follow and have conversations with? I have conversations with some folks that are from Cocoa Beach but have moved out of the area from time to time. Um, I have some. There's some business people in Melbourne, for example, like uh, which is one of the bigger cities here in Brevard County. They are regularly on social media, and we've met. Um, we had our own little snap pack meeting to see what we can do to collaborate together to help grow our business. So we're sharing our snap codes back and forth. Um, but the real estate industry, there's only a handful of them here locally in Brevard County that are actually on it. And it's just a matter of time, I think, before more people do use it. Before they start figuring it out. Yeah. That, and I, you know, you and I were talking right before we, uh, we kind of went on the air, we'll call it. And I think you're kind of um, in this, from the, come from the same place I do that, it's good to be able to produce these things and good to be able to um, um, have those videos. But ultimately, it's the it's the relationships you build and it's the ability to interact with somebody and have a conversation. And that's kind of your goal, right, is to get get a conversation going with somebody so we can see if there's a way that you can work together or help each other out, right? Yeah, and that, that certainly is it. I mean, my thing with whether it's social media, Snapchat, or any of the platforms, or even networking, you know, I'm, I'm first looking to see how can I help? You know, what is it that you're looking for? How can I help? Is there somebody that I can connect you with? And then we build on the relationship from there. Um, the local people here, there, there's some. There's more agents throughout Central Florida that I've connected with, and we're working on the referral part of it. Or if somebody has questions about marketing or maybe stumbling in in an offer, you know, we try to collaborate together to help support through it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love to hear that. I just think that sometimes we forget that relationship building, I think relationships are, are built by listening a whole lot more than by talking. Is that, I know that works with my relationship with my wife. How about yours? <laughs> <laughs> We've been married for 23 years. So yes, it does. Let me, uh, let me ask you this question. So we're, we're here, we are, we're starting 2017. Um, is there my guess is usually we talked about the bulk of your business is sphere referral based. So is that going forward? Is that going to be your primary strategy is how do we, how do you take that and keep moving it forward? Are you doing anything kind of uh, on in online lead generation kind of explain what you're looking for as you move forward? Um, well, my business all comes from referrals. Like 80% of it comes from somebody I know or from my BNI chapter. Um, I don't necessarily prospect for, for sale by owners or expires or pay for the Zillow leads or other things along those lines. I'm working on attracting my business to me as opposed to chasing it. Um, I have been working, you know, a goal of mine for 2017 is to have an actual newsletter that I send out. It's going to start out as just an email for first. And I imagine once I get in the habit of writing and having good topics to produce for people that I've been connected with, it'll expand to maybe a paper copy of it. And I have thoughts for starting a blog here in Brevard County, just to, you know, why Brevard's a great place to be, to focus on events or places or maybe businesses 
that I really enjoy to kind of highlight to show people. You know, Brevard County is, it's, this place here is fabulous to live. We've got the ocean, we've got two rivers, there's lots of wildlife, there's lots of things to do outside. And that's my goal is to kind of pull that all together and also try and sell some real estate. Is anybody doing that right now in the real estate space in Brevard? Um, there's, I know there's some people that do the newsletters and, you know, they, they'll do a newsletter or they'll do some type of YouTube video or Facebook advertisement, but I don't know if there's anybody that's doing all of it together that I've seen. I'm certainly looking for it because I want to learn. I do a lot of studying and see how people are doing and what's working right for them and see what I can do to implement that in my strategy. I haven't come across somebody here in Brevard yet that does it all, but you never know. Maybe when I do get the e-newsletter out and start doing the videos of why Brevard's a great place to be, I'll start discovering other people that are doing it either here locally or in the state so I can learn from them and maybe help them out in regards to what they're doing too. Nice. Yeah, I I think you have, you're looking at a huge opportunity and I can't wait to see it and watch it uh, while I'm over here on the other side. I'm, also, I mean, I'm literally only two hours away from you, it sounds like. I, I'm still figuring out I'm just worried about Tampa right now, St. Petersburg and Tampa. But you're only a couple hours away, is that right? I'm about two hours away from the Hard Rock Casino and the amphitheater. Okay. So, um, I, you know, not that I go to the casino, but I do the amphitheater a couple times a year, uh, which is on the east side of town for you. Yep. And if I leave my house now, I can be there in about two hours. Wow. And we'll, we will definitely have to, I will definitely be over to Cocoa Beach in the next uh, month or so. I want a tour of the town. I want to see some of those things that I've been watching online for so long. So um, I've had you here the half hour that I, I requested from you. And I'm going to ask you the same question I ask every guest when I wrap it up. And you've been doing this a long time. And I know you could help somebody just getting started. So if you could give an agent just getting rolling, just starting out in the business, one piece of advice, what would it be? I had one piece of advice because I listened to a lot of your podcasts. I'm like, this is it. This, if I ever talk to Bill on this podcast, this is what it's going to be. But my wife suggested something else. So I'm going to give you a twofer. Okay. Um, she had suggested don't spend your commission checks before you have the closing and have check in hand. That was an important lesson early on. And the other thing is pay it forward. You're new in the business. You're going to figure it out. You're going to see other people struggling or maybe it, you know, either somebody else new in the business or somebody that's in a slump that might need some help. Give them a hand, offer them suggestions to help them get through it and always remember to pay it forward. That's great. That's awesome. Eric, if somebody wants to reach out and talk to you about Cocoa Beach or anything else you're doing online, what's the best way for them to reach you? I would say let's try social media. You can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, or Instagram. My handle is Eric underscore Larkin, E-R-I-C underscore L-A-R-K-I-N, or my cell phone is 321-795-1854. Eric, thank you so much for taking time out of your night uh, tonight to, to spend some time with us on the real estate sessions. And I, you know, as a big sports fan, I've, I've got to say I'm, I'm not the biggest Cowboys fan, but you're going to be in for a hell of a ride. So uh, best of luck there with the boys. It's going to be a fun four or five years, at least with the boys in the lineup they have right now. I appreciate it, Bill. All right. Have a good night. Thanks, man. You too.